Hello, and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. Extreme. You had like four different voices there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. It's that extreme. That's how extreme it is. It's so extreme. At first, I thought you were doing like spooky Halloween voice, and then it went (laughs) to all kinds of places. Now it's just like wrestling announcer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the rock episode either. So I know. Yeah, get Why your act together. I, I didn't intro that one, so I couldn't do it. No, this is not that episode. In fact, this is a different episode. The episode that this is, of course, is Good Shepherd and Live Fast and Prosper. Those are two episodes, of course, of Star Trek: The Voyager. And my name is Jake, and I'm joined today by Chris. Oh, this is Captain Janeway. Janeway! Wish I thought of that. Caitlin. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Oh, no, wait. I'm Ames. Oh, my God! (laughs) Damn it. All right. Well, yeah. So as mentioned, the two episodes we're covering today are Good Shepherd and Live Fast and Prosper. Those are two season six episodes of Voyager. We're getting there, folks. We're getting close. So weird. Yeah, I know, right? feels like just yesterday we were hanging out with Cass. Mm. Oh, Cass. Oh, and what, what episode is this of ours? This is episode 302. Whoa! Yeah, that's right. It's, uh, we're, we're, we're also getting up there in the numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so uh, to start with, we'll be talking about Good Shepherd. Now, uh, I feel like this episode is uh, could best be summarized as, what if TNG's Lower Decks, but everyone is Barkley? Um, good, good. I mean, there was a little also, what was the episode, I think it was season one, where we met Chell. What was yeah, that yeah. piece of crap? Yeah, I was, kind of, I was half expecting one of the, one of the dunce uh, officers to actually be chell but no no they're just three randos that we've never seen before but yes jake said the same thing it's like it's like the weird bastard child of of lower decks and that tuvok training maquis people episode yeah but i feel like the uh, the reason i mentioned barkley is because the the three characters we meet are all like aspects of barkley's character oh you're right Uh, because we so. so we have we have we have billy who's a hypochondriac, as we saw Barkley do in uh, Genesis, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which in that case, it turned out to be real, but... True. And, um, and uh, Realm of Fear a bit. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah which, again, true, turned yeah. out to be true. Kind of true, yeah. We have uh, Tal, the Bajoran officer, who is just incompetent, uh, <laughs> and also Barkley quality. And then we have uh, Mortimer... Or as we call him, only his mother calls Morty. him. Not, not, not even his mother calls him Mortimer. Uh, yeah. Everyone calls him Heron. What does his mother call him? Heron. <laughs> Asshole. Sh- shithead. Mistake. <laughs> yes. Jagoff. Uh, who is the, uh, I don't know what his job on the ship is. He just kind of hangs out literally on the lowest deck. And bitches uh, when he has to work. And bitches when he has to work. Because all of his other time he spends dreaming up fanciful theoretical physics problems to solve. And disprove things. So, yeah. But as we see in the episode, The thing he's... about disproving stuff like that is, is if if it's never been disproven, who checks your work? Like, how do you know when you're successful? 
It really is a jag off. You gotta trust the math, lady. I'm sure that's actually a thing. I don't know. Creative um, use of the minus sign for sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, so and and he basically admits during the episode that he's only in Starfleet because he needed the course credits or something in order to get to do his real job that he wants to do, which is be a theoretical physicist of some kind. Be a literal uh, equation. Um, yep. But yeah, so we're introduced to these three characters near the top of the episode, and then uh, it turns out that Seven of Nine has been doing what she does best, and that's judge everybody. Yes, <laughs> she's great. Uh, <laughs> And uh, yeah, and she has compiled some efficiency reports for the for all of the ship's departments. And she specifically calls out these three young, not so go getters and says that, yeah, these these kids are the weakest links in their respective departments. And uh, we should probably shoot them out the airlock. And uh, well, Borg like, eh, nanoprobes help. Possibly. Oh, Jamie's like, you know what? I don't think that's a great idea. You know what? I'm going to take these kids under my wing. We're going to go on like a little fun field trip, check out this, you know, this uh, anomaly thing that we've detected, you know, because I'm so great, I will get these kids to come out of their shell and become productive or more productive members of the crew. So that's what happens. They take the Delta Flyer. It's just Janeway and the three misfits. And they go off on a little uh, adventure. And shortly into their adventure, they get hit, evidently, by something in space that they can't see. And it tears a big chunk off the Delta Flyer. And then... What does Heron think it is? No, Heron thinks it's some kind of black, black, dark matter something. Dark matter dark, comet, I think? Dark, yeah, yeah, dark matter comet is what he thinks it is. But And if so, it's... Uh, it's attracted to antimatter. So that's why it hit the ship, because it was trying to get, get at the antimatter. And then he's like, we got to dump all the rest of the antimatter or else it'll come back and bite us again. And Janeway's like, nah, but then we'll never be able to get the ship started again and we'll be trapped out here in space for a long time. Well, not and that long. Very... They die. That's true. Uh, but he's very insistent. Anyway, throughout the episode, you know, they're just basically trying to solve this, this problem and figure out what's wrong with uh, the ship or figure out how to fix the ship. And also how to avoid getting, you know, further calamity. And each of the crew demonstrates their unique inability to do their jobs at various points. We see Tal constantly fucking up. Uh, Janeway has to check all of her work because she's terrible at her job. And she knows it as well, which is, which is a nice change. <laughs> Good old Billy is uh, constantly freaking out about his... Uh, various ailments that he probably doesn't have and uh heron is just a jackass to everybody and is like i want to do things my way uh you're all dumb and wrong and i'm right and uh yeah but and of course in the end it's janeway's fault we're out here in the first place and i seem to blame her viciously yep well yeah so it does not really go according to plan for janeway no but in the end eventually um Billy does get in sucked into subspace or something and then infected with a some kind of a parasite monster. Mm -hmm. So um great for the hypochondriac, but <laughs> somehow through that process he manages to lose his hypochondria because once the creature leaves him he's like, "Oh, it's gone. I don't feel sick anymore." Um, nearly actually dying suddenly like made me less afraid of dying, which yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Ugh. 
Tal doesn't doesn't really ever do much, but nope. she she has a I guess she has like some good ideas, creative thinking, which which Janeway kind of calls out and is like, you know that. Did they ever that, use any of it? I don't think so. She's just here. No one She's actually develops except Billy. Uh, yeah, well, but in Billy the develops in, way. <laughs> in the wrong direction because Billy, uh, or well, yeah, Billy, yeah, uh, and then Heron completely, uh, yeah, he he just stays a dickhead the whole time when the alien creature comes out of Billy and starts like trying to tap into the ship, he shoots it despite Janeway giving him a direct order not to. And then all of the creature's friends start chasing the ship. Um, I think it was because Janeway told her, told him not to. And he's like, no, yeah. you're not my mom. And my mom doesn't even call me Mortimer. So they're being chased down by these, these alien critters. And, um, now, now they have to kill them because otherwise they will destroy the ship. So Janeway comes up with this plan to like phaser them, phaser some gas that'll blow them up. And then she's like, all right, well, this, this plan's very dangerous. So I'm not going to make you, you three stay here and die if the plan doesn't work. So I'm going to send you all off in escape pods. And uh, of course, Tal and Billy are like, no, we're with you to the end, Captain. We won't abandon you. And then Heron's like, yeah, fuck you, I'm out. But it turns out he was actually going to try to be heroic and go fight the aliens one-on-one in an escape pod or something. But Janeway's like, that fucking moron. No, that's not going to fucking work. So she has to swoop back around, rescue fucking Heron, blow up the aliens, which she didn't want to do because killing aliens is not a thing that she loves doing. Unless they're Um, two mix. Yeah, unless they're Tuvix, and unless she can also blow up the ship at the same time. Mm. And then, uh, but of course, in the explosion, everyone's knocked unconscious, and she wakes up in sickbay, and all of the crew, all of her uh, crew are safe, and somehow she still manages to pat herself on the back at the end by saying that uh, she's, the mission was a success. Yeah, but even obviously though... Obviously, it wasn't. None of them get another line to say, like, good, I feel so much better about being part of a team now. It's like, no, you're just unconscious. Fuck it. Yeah, th- there's this moment where she's looking around sickbay at all of them. They're all still unconscious. And, sh- and I'm just thinking, like, she's looking... She sees Tal, and she's like, okay, yeah, Tal. At least, at least Tal's all right. She looks over at Billy. She's like, okay, yeah, Billy, oh, he, he developed a tiny bit. He... <laughs> He lost his hypochondria, and then she looks over, she's hair, and she goes, ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> that guy, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, like, when it ends, I was like, wait, th- this is how we're ending? We don't get an epilogue? We don't actually see if anything positive came of this? Like, as far as I can tell, you've made Mortimer suicidal, Tal probably still thinks she's incompetent, and, yeah, like, Billy now probably thinks he's invincible. Like, he's oh, got no, Billy. Mr. Burns syndrome. Somebody uh, get that man to the Air Force. Oh, wait. I mean, uh, this episode was terrible. Yeah. It was yeah, like- I didn't like any of the characters. I thought it was distracting the whole time that we hadn't met any of them before when they seemed to be like very important characters on the ship. Yeah, like at least when they pulled this ages ago with Tuvok and the Maquis, it was really early on. So you could be like, yeah, of course we haven't met people yet. I feel like at this point, with this number of episodes into Voyager that we are, we should have met everyone by now, and somehow we still haven't. Yeah. I do like the, like, I I thought it was kind of cool that we went to the lowest deck of the ship. That was funny. You know, and Janeway didn't even know her way around, and that was fine. Yeah, like, she's literally never been there before, you know, and, 
you know, I, 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 I'm not surprised that there are people in the crew that we haven't met, you know, like the people that work down there. Well, I um, think it's not so much that we haven't met them. It's just that, like, like you said, Ames, it's like they're apparently really integral insofar that they're fucking everything else up by their presence, but they're news to everyone except well, Seven. I was going to say, I think, I think Heron kind of makes sense for that. Yeah, he keeps under the radar. True. Yeah, His whole just, thing is he, just, yeah. Yeah, he just doesn't want anyone to notice him. The fact that Tal is evidently, like, Seven of Nine's assistant or something. And I think this is the um, first time we've seen any non-main character in Astrometrix. Yeah, yeah. So that that was a little weird. I think I would have liked it better if all three of these characters were, like, people that worked in the basement. Mm. Maybe. Yeah, because I feel like also if Tel- Telfer, Billy, is such a hypochondriac, he should have been in the background in sickbay in every single fucking episode. <laughs> that <laughs> that would have been, been incredible if they had done that. Long game. He's been there since season one. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be in the George Lucas special edition of Voyager. Oh, like, man. how the fuck? Poetry. How the actual fuck? Did Billy survive any of the other previous incidences when people were constantly getting injured? How did he go into cryo during the episode one where everyone had to go into cryo? How did how did he not become a central point of Billy won't do it because he's a hypochondriac and won't he, go in there? I was saying he might like cryo because the germs can't get you in there. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Imagine I, I'm just imagining the silver blood version of Billy. Oh God! And like how much he must have been freaking out when when the silver blood shit was happening. His dying words: "I told you so." Actually, I wonder yeah. because they they did make it optional to donate your DNA to the silver blood people. Good point. Maybe he never did. Yeah, that's true. Because it will, would be scary. I will take not take. I I would like to disagree mildly with you, Jake, on Tal though. She mm. actually is incompetent. People just think Barkley is because he's so bad at expressing himself. Whereas what it usually ends up happening is he ends up actually kind of knowing his shit when people give him a chance. Yeah. Well, the thing about the thing about Tal, too, is that she might not be incompetent. It might just be a case of imposter syndrome where she thinks she sucks. Yeah, and she's therefore, doubting. Yeah, herself. Yeah, yeah, it's a vicious cycle kind of thing. Like, the self-doubt is very Barkley, certainly. I think what it is, is like, yeah, maybe she wasn't great at first, and because she doubts herself, she just sa- self-sabotages. And if she just stopped self-doubting, she'd get better. Yeah, but they don't show that in the episode. No, at all. Uh, and like, the and, But they, they kind of try to hint at it a little bit when Janeway's like, no, no, nobody else would have thought of that idea to beam the ship fragment back on board, which... I'm sure everybody would have thought of that. <laughs> but whatever. Jamie was trying to pump her tires. I get it. Yeah. But also just, I wish they had shown that, like, Tal, Tal had some kind of talents or unique skill that made her valuable. Because as it well, stands, she's she just shown great, as being... Great with the replicator. Great taking orders. Oh, yeah. She made a great soup. That soup looked good. Um, it did. Yeah. And, like... It just seems like it defeats the whole purpose of the episode that they didn't. And I I feel like they must have, like, deleted scene something where Tao shows herself to be competent. Yeah, like, literally, Janeway just swoops in at the end, saves the day, and is like, great, I've developed everyone by myself. I will never talk to any of these people ever (laughs) again. Yeah. And, you know, and I kind of feel the same way 
or I feel not the same way, but I feel a similar way about Billy in that he's his only like he's not shown to be incompetent, but he his only quality is that he's a hypochondriac. Like he doesn't seem to have a job other than bother the doctor and text and and text Sal constantly. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just kind of wish like the, the the only one of these characters that has any anything honestly outside of their like one trait is is heron who unfortunately the thing that he is is an asshole yeah yeah i love too that his job is literally pointless well like, it has to be because if you give him a job to do he won't do it because he's so he's so embittered to the whole idea of being on a team with other human with other living beings that it's like nope i won't do my job i'll just go back to my quarters and solve theorems and play sudoku and yeah it's just but that was funny during that opening shot which i hated like, I think they wanted it to be kind of clever, but I just sort of hated following the pad around. I don't know why it bothered me. Yeah, he oh, would not notice. stop. He was like, "Where? who is this? What? Where are we going now? Like, yeah, it's like somebody was watching the West Wing and was like, okay, ha! we got to yeah, they, follow characters carrying papers between between offices. Yeah, like they wanted it to be way smarter than it was, and I just hated it. And that just set the tone for the rest of the fucking episode. Yeah. But yeah, like he literally just sits at a panel to reroute power, which I'm sure they could have done from a panel in engineering. He had a I'm sure nice... there's a robot that does it. Yeah, he does have a great window, though, for if you're in orbit of something. Yeah, that's true. That's not a bad spot. I could, a... I could see I could see that being like a makeout spot on the ship. That's I think a... I think I read that that window doesn't exist on the model. It's only <laughs> really in his room because they wanted him to have a window. Hmm. Fair enough. I think it would have worked better and and serve the plot better if he didn't have a window if he just like was in a in in like a tiny closet and that's just where he was all the time i mean in in reality that's yeah that's where he would be and he'd be perfectly fine but they wanted to emphasize to the audience how in the bowels he was yeah you know who i loved though that blue shirt who loved being in the basement Oh yeah, but like, well, I mean, Mitchell so was it Mitchell? Maybe I don't know. Like, like I think Janeway called Janeway knew his name yeah. too. Yeah, so. Crewman Mitchell. I have a note on him. Oh, because uh, I don't know if you all know who that is, but that is Tom Morello, the guitarist of Rage Against the Machine and Audio Slave. What? what really? Who was a huge Trekkie apparently, and like had been asking to be on the show in uh, Insurrection. He's in the background in a group shot, but I no guess like shit. he was still like, I still want to be in Star Trek, please. And they gave him some lines, and he did a fine job. <laughs> so that's the thing is he wasn't acting. He was so happy to be there. Yay! <laughs> But yeah, I don't know what Mitchell's job is, but he fucking loves it. Like Mortimer likes being where he is because people leave him alone. He doesn't actually like his job. Whatever it is Mitchell does down there, he is just like fucking pumped. I bet you Mitchell is like the supervisor for that whole crew. So like every day he has to go up to Heron, like because Heron obviously doesn't want to do any work. So every day Mitchell has to go up to him and be like, now you do what they told you. Ah, it's a song. (laughs) There we go. <laughs> that is kidding. that is. I'm sorry. That is great though. That, that wow. Kill, killing in the name. It's it's a Rage Against the Machine song. Um, but yeah, no, it's it, but yeah. The 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 way I thought of these various people, uh, you know, to Jake's point, I definitely got Barkley vibes, but mostly from Teffler, Telfer, mm-hmm. yeah, Billy, and Billy. He, he also was in blue and had sort of a long face. So even though he doesn't look at all like him, I thought of him as, uh, what did I call him in my head? 
Julian Barkshire. <laughs> oh, God. Ha. Tal was not Cedo Jaxa. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And Mortimer Heron was Bug. Because Mortimer- he played Bug, Bug, the bad boyfriend in Uncle Buck. Oh, God, it's been so long, Uncle Buck. No, I thought of, of Heron as, like, if anyone's been following with the latest Picard season, as just Shaw a couple years earlier. Yeah, that's what they should have. Like they should have called Shaw, Shaw. Heron. Like, I, uh, I, God, no. I like, Shaw at least is occasionally amusing in his misanthropy. Heron, Heron is a rough draft of fucking Sheldon, is what he is. <laughs> Yeah, he Sheldon. does. He does. He is also coded Sheldon? from from Big Bang Theory. Big Bang. Oh, from Young Sheldon. That's gotcha. true. From Young Sheldon. Jesus Christ, Jake. No, because he's also. I feel like there's a lot of coding for autism with him a bit. So it's like it's hard for me to like judge. Like, what the fuck are your is your character? I don't even. What know, What development though. do they want you to even have? If this was newer Trek, I'd think that maybe. But I feel like this is older Trek. Back when the only version, like I feel like in the nineties. Autism was just always Rain Man and nothing else. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. But I think that like this is people, pe- people that had Ooh. sort of that, you know, high functioning autism personality. Like, I do think that that's what Heron was kind of based on is is sort of that that high functioning autism coding that that, that we think of today. But at the time, they didn't it know wasn't what to call it. it yeah. It, like, I don't think like Asperger's was will, really a. Uh, in the in the public consciousness at that time. Well, I think even that's not considered. No, I don't think I don't think they, anymore. I don't they, think they call it that anymore. They've rejiggered sort of the interpretation. But yeah, like yeah, but I, but like even that, even that though, I do, I just I don't I think that people would have just been like, oh no, he's just like a socially weird jerk. Yeah. Uh, you oh know? yeah, I don't think they would have thought that in two thousand that he had autism. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, he maybe like nowadays they'd maybe write him a little more sympathetically because it'd be like, yeah, no, there's something at the root of this. Whereas this guy. Just straight up an asshole. Yeah. I mean, you kind of get some of his bitterness. Like, look, I had to do a year in space before they'd let me be in the Starfleet Cosmology Club. And thanks to Janeway's single-minded selflessness, I'm probably never getting home. And uh, this sucks. And it's only affecting me and no one else on the crew. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's still so a I'm a sulk break. for 70 yeah. years. <laughs> I just, I just, I wished... Because the thing is, I I think that Lower Decks is a really strong episode yeah. of TNG, and part and part of that what makes it good is, well, one there's actually like an emotional core to that episode. Yes, but also the characters that we meet in that episode are actually good at their jobs and want to be there. They're just kind of you know low man on the totem pole. You know the whole the whole thing was the competition between. Cedo and the other guy about for like that who was going to be the new ops person. Oh, that too, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah, because that was going to be a big promotion. And in this one, it's like a race to the bottom. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, there were some interesting ideas that just never went anywhere because it was like they even said, like, these are the kind of people that would have been reassigned. Yeah, but you can't. There's nowhere to put them. Yeah, why didn't they stay on 37's planet if they hate this so much? uh, Would you want to spend the rest of your life with those assholes? Yeah. Yes, there's Amelia Earhart. (laughs) But yeah, I did. I actually kind of liked that idea. Yeah, like 
that there are like, yeah, yeah, these people are going to be rotated out if this were any other circumstance. Yeah. You know, and like, again, it, it would be a mix, you know, like maybe, I mean, again, that was literally Mortimer's plan was like, I'm just here to do my time and get the fuck out of here. You know, the other two, like, maybe would have just done better in different environments or something. And yeah, or just or, you know, because there was I remember when when Barkley was introduced yeah. as a character, there was this whole idea that like, oh, he's just been passed around from ship to ship. Yep. But, you know, and like, what do you do with these folks when that's not an option? Make them a uh, waitress at Neelix's. Yeah. Like, you think they would have... Yeah. They would have, they should have, like, clearly Heron, once she spent one day with him, she'd have been like, oh, he actually would very happily take just spending the rest of this trip in his room. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what she should do with him. Or, you know, maybe there is, honestly, what she should have done is switched Heron and Tall, because I feel like if Heron was going to do well anywhere on the ship... It would be in astrometrics. Oh, with seven. With, with seven. Yeah. That's a good point. They're 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 very similar people. And she couldn't um, be offended by him. Right. Exactly. She wouldn't be offended by him. And like, you know, she might actually be someone that would challenge him in a way that would scratch his itch to yeah. to, to study shit. And then you know, Tall is just so crappy at her job that. We'll put her in a room where she, the only thing she has to do is occasionally press two buttons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How hard can that be? Oh, God, the ship would explode, Jake. Somehow. <laughs> yeah, so so by the end, we have Teffler. Telfer? I, Telfer. Telfer. Billy. Billy, yeah. yeah. Billy has been psychologically scarred out of his hypochondria. Yeah, I didn't Tell like that. hasn't changed at all, and Heron has become suicidal. Great job, I Janeway. I don't think he was suicidal. I think he was, well, if anyone's going to save us, it'll be me and I'll die a, a martyr's death. Yeah. Well, I kind of wish that they had had that final scene where yeah. it's the resolution, because I think the implication that the writers were going for was that, oh, Heron isn't such a bad guy after all, because in the end, he he chose to sacrifice himself to save the crew, which is which is a quality that a Starfleet officer would have. You know, that's like a Spock thing. So, oh, he's he's not just a selfish ne'er do well jag off. He he actually does care for his for for his crew, and he and he exhibits the qualities of a Starfleet officer after all this time. But in the end, we don't get that scene, and. His uh, sacrifice is useless because Janeway short-circuited it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we went along with none of his plans because all of his plans, Janeway immediately said, no, don't, we're not doing that. Yeah. 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 And that, like, that was the other thing is to me, it just read more as like, he finally realized how much people hate him. And he was just like, I'm just going to space myself. Oh, that is not how I read that scene. No, I, but here's the other thing about this episode. I, I think it would have been a different episode. I think it would have been written differently, but I think it could have been better and made more sense if this was a Chakotay episode instead of Janeway, if it was Chakotay. And honestly, as the XO. 
Oh, that's a good point. I think it should have been Chakotay yeah, dealing with sense. this. That's and it would give like, Beltran something to do for a fucking change. Yeah. Well, Poor you know, at least well, he, was not, building, he was building tubs in the Hollow Suite. Right. Well, like, not as... In, in TNG, Riker really is shown to be the XO and kind of deals with personnel shit. Like, yeah. he does the staff reviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't really show Chakotay doing that stuff in, in Voyager as much, but... I still think it would have made more sense if he was if like he was the one to be like, no, no, I'll deal with these kids. I'll 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 set them straight. See, now yeah. if it were Tuvok, he would have them all just run a 10K until they were good again. With the gravity churned up. Oh, yeah. Right. I don't remember if I liked that episode or not. You did not. Problem. It is on your okay. least favorite list. Good, good. I couldn't remember. I like I remembered the episode. I was like, I all I remember anymore was the bullion and his ridiculous medallion. Oh, yeah, he was chill. great. Was and lo- yeah, I loved him, but I couldn't remember what I thought of the rest of the episode. Yeah, that was a learning Chell... curve. You didn't like it. Thank you. I can't remember if Chell ever shows up again in he, Voyager. He does. I remember at the time finding out we will see him like once more in season seven. Hmm. Yay. I know he's he's a character in the Star Star Trek Voyager Elite Force video game. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, because That's... he ends up getting... So the plot of that video game is... There, uh, we're on Voyager, and there is a, the elite force is a team of security officers who are like the SWAT team, mm-hmm. basically, and they're specifically dealing with Borg shit. Okay. And Chell is a member of the elite force team. Oh, that's, so he did finally finish that 10K. Apparently, in the video game, at least. A bonkers choice, <laughs> and I love it. Allegedly, that game's actually pretty decent. It is. I mean, for a, you know, early 2000s, I think it was like Quake 3 Arena Engine or something. Oh, um, boy. So they were still kind of figuring out first person shooters. Yeah, but it's it's and actually I, I, I played it a little bit recently. And I remember at the time when it came out, I was like, oh, my God, this is so realistic. I can walk on the there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole mode in the game that is just explore the ship where you're not actually playing the um that sounds fun the 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 missions or anything you're just just like walk around the ship so i was like ah and i i went into the captain's ready room and i was like oh they even got the picture of janeway with the dog dog that's actually pretty cool yeah speaking of janeway one thing i did appreciate about this episode is whenever janeway pulls out her hey i'm a scientist too bitch i know all this better than you guys do Mm. because you know they're talking science and science and all this stuff and janeway just happens to walk in and and say ah i happen to know all of the things you're talking about and i just like when she does that kind of thing i did not love the little like goofy thing the writers came up with though the like you know the what did zero g is fun yeah yeah What, what do you call it a mnemonic Thank you. Yes. Oh, yeah. I thought it was fine. Yeah. I mean, it makes about as much sense as like trying to remember the order of planets by like my mother. Yeah, but that didn't work anymore because of Pluto. They had to come up with a new one, probably. Well, what is what is it? My very. Oh, God, I don't remember. I don't know that one. It was when I was in elementary school. But know, yeah, either way, like it, honestly, I probably wouldn't. Have, I, I, it just this episode just just got off on the wrong foot with me and basically never recovered. <laughs> so. Things well, that they, I probably would normally not have noticed were also annoying me. They brought up a very interesting, interesting thing about Tal because, you know, she is a Bajoran. And the, the question was like, how the fuck did you make it this far in Starfleet when you're this much of a fuck up? And basically she says like, because they really wanted Bajorans in Starfleet. So they just kept, you know, passing me even though I suck. I thought that was interesting because like that really does sound like actual imposter syndrome where like, 
people who are um, from, you know, sort of underrepresented groups believe that about themselves, even when it's not true. Mm -hmm. And like, that was one of the only, I thought, well, sort of thought out parts of the episode. It's like, they wouldn't have actually done that, but she believes it because they were so... So, and I'm sure there was a big push, sort of a, sorry, we fucked up everything with the Cardassians, you know, push to get Bajorans into Starfleet. But at the end of the day, they're not just, I'm sure they also had plenty of applicants and wouldn't have had to have kept her around. Yeah. So. I feel like that, that scene could have used a bit of Janeway being like, no, I read your yeah, profile or something. something, you know, something where like Janeway dispels the, the idea, but no. Huh. Then this episode. Yeah. Apparently not a religious Bajoran either. No earring on her. Mm. Yeah. That's good because uh, religious metaphors are irrelevant, as Seven says. That's, yeah. yeah, that was good. I, I did like that. That was good. Everything everything they did with her was fine. Uh, I know often we complain about them sort of just pulling focus to her constantly lately, but boy, this is the one. Ep- maybe she should have taken them and the episode wouldn't have sucked. I don't know. Oh, God. This episode was so bad. No, she she's already she, got she, those bored children to look after. That's true. Yeah. Plus, I, I was going to say, like, Seven would have airlocked all three of them within the first ten minutes on the shuttle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what did you guys think of our our uh, dark matter life form? Oh God, the creepy centipede. Yeah, it was now, cute. I mean, Harren was an asshole, but I'm kind of with him on this one. It's like, all right, I know we have to occasionally deal with these like species that communicate in weird ways, but they they stole Billy. Put a bug in him. The bug's fucking with life support. I'm sorry. He made the right call. Yeah. Well, fucking he, no. <laughs> but he the, did, but he did, uh, you know, disobey a direct order. So it was. A you're, you're just saying order. that because it was an ugly millipede. If it came out and was like a cute little octopus or something. No, it, because it well, came no, out of Billy. <laughs> yeah, it came out of Billy and then it started fucking with the ship. It, yeah, wait, like, it, it, wait, it might be trying to communicate, as you know, is Janeway's newest catchphrase for the whole show. Yeah, no, I just, I'm like, look, there, there is a time and a place, and this is not college. it. This, <laughs> this is not it. At least put it in a jar. Maybe that, but like... <laughs> Trap it under a glass, let it yeah. outside later. <laughs> I mean, the, it, it reminded me a little bit of um, Galaxy's Child, right, where... Which one's the, that? Sorry, the space whales okay. and the Abrams. Mm-hmm. The like not actually. Oh, the, the yeah, the not actually Abrams. The Abrams, right? No, no, that's actual. Oh actual God damn it! Abrams. I always get them backwards. Not not Leah Abrams is from Booby Trap. You're right. You're right. Yeah, no, but there's this whole bit where the the life form, the the space whale baby, latches onto the ship. Yeah, and they're like, "How do we not kill it?" Because, uh, it, yes, it's destroying the ship. It's going to kill us all if we yeah. let it do this thing. Heron would just shoot it. Yeah, Heron would have been like, all right, phasers. Yeah, like, and that's, um, like I think that yeah. the difference for me here is, like, there wasn't a lot of time in this case. Yeah. How do like, you know? It, it was f- fucking with systems. Things were exploding. Yeah, but I, I do feel like the the Starfleet way, and yeah. again, Janeway doesn't always do things by the book. God, no. But. But the Starfleet thing to do would have let it destroy the ship because, above all, the the Prime Directive would say, "I you can't, we're not going to kill a friggin' species just because it's here." Yeah, yeah, she literally doing says, what it "Does naturally." Well, there goes a first contact that we could have had. Thanks, Heron. Yeah, 
That's the other thing. We don't even really have proof that this is a, an intelligent species and not no. just something uh, acting on instinct. Telfer says he could hear its thoughts. Mm, that's mm. true. That's true. And that, that only when it was on its way out, right? I don't remember. I don't know. But yeah, that that's whole, like that what whole, he said. The whole Telfer thing was very strange because it, it seemed like him. just this magic thing that cured me of hypochondria. I felt like it should have. I felt like that scene needed to be something different and less magical well was it supposed to be like well, an exposure therapy type of deal uh, that, that where was it's my like, assumption yeah, like oh Chris... the worst fucking thing that could possibly happen to a hypochondriac happened but i turned out okay so maybe it's not so bad like i said it's not even exposure therapy he's now just been psychologically scarred in a new way that overwrote his old psychological scarring yeah oh, see it seemed to me that it was actually the creature taking it away and if it oh. was that then i hate it Oh, yeah. I didn't well, think that's the thing. That. It doesn't like the episode does kind of lead you there, but and I think that I I came up with the exposure therapy that's as better. sort of I'll a I, coping mechanism to especially because Janeway brings that up with Tal when they're talking about uh, how Janeway used to be afraid to swim in the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And then one day, when for a class, she had to go swim in the ocean, and we're when just kind of like, well, I guess I'm doing this now, and I'm okay with it. I actually, you know, thinking on it. At first, I was like, that seems weird. I was like, oh, she's from Indiana. Like, they don't have the ocean. I could get kind of not being into it. Yeah, but the thing is, in 24th century Earth, the ocean is a two-second transporter That's away. That's true. So there's no reason why anybody... And plus, no one really has to work, so you could just be vacationing everywhere all the time. That is yeah, plus true. we've got all the descendants of George and Gracie. I was going to say, didn't we say this a few weeks ago or something? Like, I don't know if it was on air or what, joking that, like, you can't even swim in the ocean anymore. It's all just so choked full of humpback whales. <laughs> you could walk across the yes. ocean on their backs. They sit there kind of like, um, <laughs> like the penguins in that one Futurama. Yes. <laughs> or the people from that one TOS, but we have to bring up Futurama at least once an episode now. We do. And not TOS somehow. Yeah. Uh, speaking of things that aren't TOS, more <laughs> Voyager, Jake. Oh, yeah. Okay. So uh, next up, we go from imposter syndrome to just regular imposters. Yay! Uh, in, uh, in Live Fast and Prosper. In this episode, we find ourselves on the, pla- on the surface of some planet where we're having a negotiation between Janeway and Tuvok and some aliens. And then we get a, we, we have to squint a little and be like, huh, that doesn't quite look like Janeway and Tuvok. Those pips are a little big. And the pips are big. The, the uniform is ill-fitting. The badge is off, is out of size. The and just too light. And it's just totally different actors. Oh, uh, that part. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about so that. So what we fi- what we come to find out is that these are two people. There's actually a third on the ship. But so there's they're, they're a team of con artists basically flying around pretending to be Voyager, pretending to be Janeway, Tuvok, and Chakotay, and, and kind of using Voyager's reputation to get people to trust them and then set up trade deals and and stuff which they never and then they just steal they basically just steal stuff from people and fly around so they've been doing this apparently they've been doing it all over the the sector in the uh, last 18 days they go yeah, they've for, been busy as hell yeah they've been yeah. they've been they've been they've been busy so uh back on real voyager somebody pops up and says hey 
where's our shit? You stole our shit. We want it back. Or we want the fucking dilithium you promised us. And, and Janeway's like, uh, what? I think you have us mistaken for someone else. And they're like, nope, you did this. It was you. I got the tapes. I got the tapes right here. Uh, so then, so then they show Janeway and she's like, yeah, no, no, that's, that's not me. You, you idiot. That is not me at all. So then it's so then they figure out that okay yeah there's these there's these con artists flying around using our good name dragging it through the mud making us look like assholes so we got to we got to put a stop to this and then we find out also that the the reason they even know about Voyager is that Tom and uh Neelix ran into them on some other away mission where they were pretending to be monks who were tr- collecting charity for sick orphans um and they trick tom and neelix into letting them on the delta flyer and letting them steal a bunch of information and and uh sold them a bad heating coil or something so that that basically all that does is set up the b plot which is unnecessary tom and and neelix prove trying to prove to themselves that they can still uh that they still have guile and can con people out of money as they try to trick the doctor with a shell game yeah anyway uh in back in the in the more important a plot we do eventually catch up with our imposters as they are being threatened by one of their uh, marks who has figured out the game we try to beam them over and we do we get uh but we only get one we get the janeway lady dala and then we kind of have her in the brig and Janeway's like, listen, I'm going to turn you over to the authorities and they're going to put you in jail and their jail's really bad. And Tuvok, tell them how bad jail is. And then Tuvok gets put in the most awkward position for Vulcan to be yep. in. He has to he has to vamp uh, <laughs> and pretend how bad prison is, um, which he does. He does a good job. He threatens her with psoriasis. Incurable uh, psoriasis. Incurable. <laughs> several forms of incurable psoriasis. <laughs> So yeah, uh, that doesn't sway Dala at all. So Janeway has another uh, another nut up her sleeve, as it were. And not and the nut that's under the cups that Neelix and Tom are playing with. <laughs> where she basically has Neelix go in and pretend to be Neelix. compassionate. Yeah, exactly. Just to, just go know. in and be yourself. <laughs> yeah, just go in and be yourself. And, and, was yeah, it she even, even part of the plan? <laughs> she didn't even tell Neelix that it was part of a bit. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, go give her some food. And Janeway's like, yeah, she's going to attack him and escape because that's what will happen, which she does. She attacks Neelix, fortunately doesn't kill him or the security guard that was there that she also shot with a phaser. So lucky, lucky that maybe they pre-programmed that phaser to not have a kill setting or something. It was a water gun. Yes. <laughs> um, so Dala does escape on the real Delta Flyer because anyone can steal a shuttle. Mm-hmm. Uh, although this time they were actually letting her steal it. They, uh, but Gasp. hiding out, hiding out on the Delta flyer were, uh, Tom and the doctor. Well, Tom and the mobile emitter. <laughs> yeah. Tom and the mobile emitter, which had the doctor inside of it. So then they, they turn the tables on the, these group of imposters by having the doctor impersonate Dala and find out where the, the con artist secret base is, where they're hiding all the stuff they stole. And then they capture them. That's, and that's. That's pretty much it. The Tuvok uh, impersonator is adorable as he gets like really into Vulcan shit. Like he's, he's 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 just taking his part so seriously, but then he like actually falls for it. And when he sees the real 
Tuvok. He like has a little fanboy moment. It's He's like, so cute. Tuvok. I loved it. It was really he cute. Was, I really liked that piece. <laughs> he was the best part of this fucking episode. Yeah, he was a highlight. And I liked this episode. So this isn't like of course you did. I knew I knew you'd like this one. But he was just like he refused to break character <laughs> like ever. Like, yeah, he clearly had wanted to be an actor on his home world and it never took off. He's like he's that guy who's like a big fish in his community theater scene. Yeah. Like when he's not in character, he's in a big fucking he's in one of those uh, fucking bathrobes the EMH was wearing back in Virtuoso. Mm. Comfy. But yeah. Yeah, when he saw real Tuvok and had his, like, it was like when the Thermians met fucking Alan Rickman. It was just, that was great. And he, <laughs> uh, and he tries yeah. to Tuvok at Tuvok, who's like, I have a flashlight. Yeah, yeah, Which, exactly. It's, a, it's like, yes, we are clearly, at, you know, neither of us has the advantage. And Tuvok's like, pocket sand. I have the high ground, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is uh, laughing so loud and cut, the, the sound cut him out in Zoom. Uh, that, that was... Uh, is that what happened? I don't know what happened. Suddenly Chris was silent, but I could see him laughing. Sorry. But yeah, that when he... And I gotta admit, though, that was actually really like, whoever came up with that in the script, that was clever. Yeah. It's like, I'm just gonna fucking blind you and shoot you. Tuvok just vamping all over the place today. They should have kept yeah. Mobar. Ah! They should have been like, you know what? Those two, prison. But you... You replace Heron. Heron goes to prison in your snap. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah. you know, Heron would probably love prison. He's going to be left alone. Oh, my God. He gets to think about whatever the fuck he wants to. No, he's no, pull a suitor and, and just locked in go the nuts. 23 hours a day. They, they, well, I think he'd have to be in solitary. Like they, otherwise, they occasionally make you interact with people, I think. so. But yeah, no, loved it. Loved fake Vok. Yeah. One of the thing, one thing I really enjoy about this episode is, you know, I, I've, I know I've said before how when I was a kid I used to go to a lot of trek conventions, mm. and I would not be surprised if I found out that they just purchased the costumes mm. for the imposters from like a vendor at a Star Trek convention because those costumes are what every cosplayer like they're just like, wrong enough. Yeah. Well, like cosplay today in the twenty twenties is tight like like you can get like very screen accurate costume pieces well, they probably and, and, sell them in star trek.com oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah and they're all officially licensed products but in the 90s yeah there was officially licensed stuff but when you went to a convention most of the vendors were just selling like reproductions yeah. that some dude made in his garage and they were not they were not to scale nobody you know nobody who wasn't spending a shitload of money had a properly tailored uniform because you would just get you know whatever was sold there or if you made it yourself it was going to be as tailored as well as you could make it yeah and yeah. not quite the right material because you, yeah. you're just buying from like joanne fabrics or something not the right colors not the right fit not the right accessories just just everything is slightly off but you know what they're going for yeah and and i i really i appreciated that aspect of the imposters because it, it was just it reminds me so much of the what like the the convention scene looked like in those days yeah yeah nowadays you know like i mean i feel like you know there are people who can also just make stuff really high quality they put a lot of time and effort into it because there's you know i mean especially if you're someone that makes this stuff that you're kind of promoting your business you know you show mm -hmm. up at a thing like who made this like oh i did here's my card uh, and of course with easier access to relatively inexpensive 3D printing, 
mm-hmm. you can download and print a properly scaled com badge. Yeah. Yeah, not and yeah, exactly. And like that's not to say that there weren't people that had very high quality screen oh, yeah. accurate stuff, but yeah, but yeah. they were probably further and fewer between than they are now where like you said, you can literally buy licensed screen accurate repros. So I, I just looked up Dala because I, I forgot. Oh, I was going to bring up, up who Dala is. Yeah, because I hadn't recognized her. Yeah, no, neither did I. I recognized her, but I don't know why. It's because her, her shirt was too high cut. Yes, that's why. That's why you wouldn't recognize her. If if there'd been a lot more booby hanging out, you'd, oh, you'd have recognized her. Oh, she one of the Jurassic sisters or something? Close. Nope. She was that Lady Vorda from the ship when... um. Oh, yeah. oh, the first, is she the first Vorda we see, right? No, no, no she's no. a later Lady Vorda. Oh, oh, but oh, she's, oh, she's, no, she's no, the I one that, that, like, want, that, like, There's kinda, a crashed ship, and they want it back, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's got and she, cleavage. She, she kind of tries to, like, seduce Cisco weirdly. Oh. She's apparently with, mostly with a theater actor. Yeah, she definitely looked familiar, so I'm glad that I meant to mention that, and I'm glad that you guys did. I thought... She really had like it was interesting because she wasn't doing a Janeway impression per se, but I feel like she hit um, Mulgrew's cadence with a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. She must have listened to the logs. Yep. So I like that. I hear there was a deleted scene in which there the, there would have been a time when she was also impersonating Seven, and huh. I'm very curious how that went. That, that would have been, been just overegging the pudding at that. It point. might be. So I'm glad they didn't bother. So. Good. It's a good setup, though, for them. You know, it's like, oh, man, we can totally pretend to be these people from the other side of the galaxy. So it's hard to fact check us. <laughs> yeah, it's, no. It's, plus, we've got we've got the logs from the Delta yeah. Flyer. We've got a lot of information on them. We, they throw the Voyager up on screen and say, say, look, we've got all this stuff. We know what this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also liked when uh, when the dude was pretending to be Chakotay. Oh, Hopkins. yeah. His tattoo was so much larger than it should have been. And like <laughs> clearly just drawn on in marker. Yeah. Which right. I mean, yes, obviously so is Beltran's, but they let it show this time. It even looked like it had dripped a little, <laughs> <laughs> which I assume was on purpose. Like, yeah, yeah. to do kind of a sloppy job. And I, I, I really enjoyed the scene where they're selling Federation memberships. Yeah, yeah that yep. was cute. You let my enemies join. Uh, Whoops. Yeah. Of course, there is historical precedent for that. You know, Athens and some other Greek city-state began an alliance against Sparta that Sparta was eventually allowed to join. Mm. Admittedly, it's because it's they... It's the had... No Spartas Club. They can have one. <laughs> wasn't, well, that, wasn't that what Admiral Jameson did? Sold weapons to the... Both sides of a conflict, both sides. yeah. Yep. So really, she'd be an admiral. Yeah. But yes, that alliance against Sparta had turned into an alliance against Persia. So it's a little different, but still. As long as they find a way to work racism in, they're good. They just, like, crossed out the word Sparta. Yeah. And had right. somebody carve in the word Persians. <laughs> yep, yep. There we go. That that, that one guy, though, I, I liked his makeup and his big coat. He was a fun design. Which one? Xerxes? The one they were selling uh, oh. Federation membership to. Ah, Varn. Yeah, he was good looking. Yeah, oh, I thought he was. I kind of thought he was. I liked him. <laughs> There's a little Fair something enough. Cardassian about that guy. Yep, that's right. I was like, huh, you're a big, you're a big naughty lizard man. Tell me more. <laughs> I think you two might be scalies. I'm just throwing it out there. Oh, I don't know weird. what that is, but I hate it. It's like a furry, but for lizard people. Stop. See, it's not the fact that they're lizards that is, that's, uh, that's 
attractive. It's it's the quality. It's the it's how they some, it's how they sun themselves on rocks. Yes, that's Son the of one. A bitch. Shit. Well, I know it's not the fact that they are lizards, but there does seem to be a connecting thread. We'll say uh, spiders have threads, not lizards. Ah. Okay, so I think the one thing I could have kind of done without was the Neelix Tom little oh, joke yeah. thing. It seemed out of place and not interesting to me see it's funny because like i remember even thinking like ha of all ones to scam the ex-con and the you know former sort of half con man junk dealer but i didn't need them to have an existential crisis because of it and the stupid thing is like the actual like counterintuitive part of this is so they're worried that no one's going to buy their shell game as the as the way that they can prove that they're still badasses or some shit yeah but tom is the one who's like in the delta flyer bamboozling dala it's like you've already just proven with that that you're a better ass than anybody yeah well they were both involved in the bamboozling so it's like that's true i mean mean, unless neelix wasn't which is a possibility That was a Willy wasn't scenario again. <laughs> but here's the thing. In the end, it was the doctor who was the biggest bamboozler True. of all. Also, apparently he can hide the mobile emitter, which we'll never see again. Yeah. Which we'll never see again? Well, him, him being able to hide it. Yeah, because it's, it's always on the outside of his clothes. Although, being... do we do we see in the future that he can't hide it? No, oh, I just no, don't I think that we see him do that again. Oh, well, Although okay. it does retroactively fix a complaint you had, Jake, from... Um... Blink of an eye? Yeah, because weren't we talking about how you couldn't see it there? Where No, you could. They, you couldn't. So really, he could have just cloaked it then. Damn it, they made it worse. <laughs> Maybe it was hidden. Maybe it was on the bottom of his shoe or something. No, yeah. they, show, they showed where it was. Yeah, but that like was when, when he, he turned back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he, tu- he touched the outside of, the, of the uniform to turn back into oh, doctor you're right. form. Yeah. So it was just cloaked. Yeah, that so, is... Yeah. I. It needed, maybe it did need the mobile emitter there. And for every previous scene, he was just always shot from the side that you wouldn't see it or something. No, because they show that. I know, but that's what they should have been. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's what they should have been. They, yeah, or they should have like, yeah. Or they should have just had him change into her clothes. Mm. Right? Like if he With had. With the wig. If, yeah. Yeah, that would have been, that would have been great if it just, if he tapped the shoulder and then like only his face yes. changed. But the, his hair and clothes <laughs> stayed the same. That would be funny. I uh, do kind of want to see him in that wig now. I think you could pull it off. Yeah. It'd look a little, I don't know, like... One of the monkeys. Well, I was thinking it would look like um, like he was like a bard in court, like in the or 1600s that. or something. Or, or Pavel Chekhov. <laughs> Someone or give that. that man a loot. Oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely like Pavel Chekhov. The hot young one, remember? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, they, they, like, the whole subplot with Tom and... Neelix, aside from being silly, also just like, you're going to try to bamboozle a computer man? Right. Like, the fact that they ultimately were able to in the end was even dumber. Because like he he's could just l- sense where it was, right? Well, he's a, he's a walking scanner, for Christ's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, he literally is. He's done this before. Yeah. Like, it should have been, I was going to say anyone else, but I feel like they also couldn't have gotten it past Tuvok or Seven, so... Chakotay. Murdered Tom. There we go. Bolano would murder Tom. Yes, if I love tried that. that. And they can't do it to Harry because obviously Harry's going to fall for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that proves nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, Chicote is your best bet. Yep. I think that's settled. 
They were also very silly when Dala and Mobar first got the fucking shit out of the Delta Flyer because they all, they closed their eyes for this little prayer thing. And then Uh, with their eyes closed, they just scanned around and got all the stuff. Uh, Too silly? Where where are you on the level of silliness for that, Chris? No, it it worked. Uh, Because, like, I I enjoyed how they played to um, Neelix's ego a bit. And even and Tom wasn't gonna. It was Neelix who was like, fucking shut your eyes, dude. It's what we're supposed to do. And Tom's like, ah, oh, fucking fine. <laughs> uh, what is silly is having apparently your entire ship's goddamn database copied into your shuttle. But Starfleet's bad at everything. I feel <laughs> like it's, yeah, I feel like some of it is also like you want to have your records somewhere in case you get separated. Yeah, I mean, some stuff is necessary, but I feel like they have like fucking everything. It's like, oh, dude, come on. Though I did love when uh, Fake Way would slip into, like, being all wistful about Earth <laughs> in hmm. a way that even Janeway doesn't get, but was, like, a very nice con man touch. Yeah, it was also a really good touch that uh, she just repeats something that Neelix had said earlier, yep. like, yep. oh, yes, well, this is the Voyager. We've taken on the, the Borg and Species 8472 and whatever the other ones they mentioned the were. The Herogen, I want to say. Possibly, yeah. Uh, she realized- just literally same quote. It's like, good. She got it. N- name dropping 8472 actually doesn't make sense, because who the fuck are they? Uh, it's just as... how it's said in the, in the translator. The translator translated it for them. But what, but what I mean, though, is like, who else aside from the Borg and the crew of the Voyager have actually interacted with that species? As, as far as we know, nobody. Mm. Well, also, I mean, it's Neelix that says it, so he probably thinks it's pretty important. Yeah, because that's they're, true. Because they're such a badass adversary. And then when Dala later says it, she's just parroting yeah, what yeah. Neelix said. So she's like, oh, I, I'm going to assume, since he mentioned it, I'm assuming these 8472 people are badasses. Meanwhile, everyone is just like, who the fuck? Okay. I, the, yeah. the other two are important, so I guess they are too by context? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like the Emperor's new clothes at the uh, Gamma Delta Quadrant. It's just like, you don't want to admit you don't know who they are, because apparently everyone else mm. knows. Notice he didn't mention the Kazon, because everyone knows that they're bitches. <laughs> Even 30 years away from their space, people have heard of how lame they are. They're like, oh, the Borg wouldn't assimilate them. <laughs> <laughs> the, fuck, the fucking stupid hair people? Yeah, all right. Yeah. The Borg always keep one person around from the places they, they assimilate for two reasons. One, tell them about the Borg. Two, tell them how lame the Kazon are. Yes. <laughs> We are the Borg. We will come for everyone, except the Kazon. <laughs> oh, this was also uh, directed by LeVar Burton. Oh, I didn't notice. Oh, cool. Nice. Well, he did good work. He I did. thought it was a good episode. It was. Yeah, a good one. And I also like the the twist at the end. Mwah, good twist. Good, good work with twists. Yep, 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 yep. Well, that was a great part about that whole scene, is I'm sitting there with, uh, sorry, with Neelix and Dala in the jail cell. Oh, the jail cell scene. And I'm just like... All right, she's working an angle, but I wonder if Neelix is. Like, I was already kind of wondering if they were setting up for something. Like, why does he have that phaser? Who gave Neelix a phaser? Well, that, so that was the thing. I noticed, like, oh, they gave him a phaser. I was like, well, then again, they knew he was going to see a prisoner, so maybe it's just protocol. But yeah, then once she hits him, I'm just like, oh, this was probably a setup, maybe. Well, I but figured then, it had to be when they didn't put the the uh, force field back up when he walked in. That's true. They do normally do so that. So sloppy. Yep, yep. So yeah, clearly they'd set Neelix's phaser to tickle and everyone had to pretend it was knocking them out. Yeah. <laughs> set phaser to tickle. And then she gets away and 
I'll admit, though, I, my dumb ass, I don't know what it is, but when she suddenly whips out the comm badge and is on their side, I'm like, wait, what the fuck? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> this is, hold on, did they forget their own script? It didn't occur to me it might have been the doctor. Yeah, Even though I knew good. it was there, it was just like... Because it's smart, it's real smart. Yeah, that whole end bit was just really well done. Yeah, no, this was this was good fun, this episode. Well, speaking of this being directed by LeVar Burton, LeVar Burton's in some new track. Uh, and he's also, th- we're going to spoil a lot of new track for this episode. Yeah, Y'all just, either stop it yep. or or just be prepared because there's going to be, there's so no much. way to not spoil new track in, the, in this episode. Because, yeah, we're going to go beyond stuff you've heard from press releases and trailers. Yeah, wink, wink, LeVar Burton, or rather, you know, Jordy LaForge, has a bunch of kids in the new track. And we're yeah, going to well, talk about that, that was already like public knowledge. But yes, after that, was it when? <laughs> oh, ages ago, they announced ages back that his daughters were playing Jordy's daughters. I mean, also, we know about his kids from All Good Things. Well, those ones never happened. No, they're Maybe. the same. They're the same kids. Their well, names. The, the names where's, the, are, where's the boy one? Well, we, we've only seen two of them. So oh, is there another third. one? We think. OK, I, don't know. I didn't know that. Anyway, yes, here on out. Assume it hasn't been in trailers or press releases already, and either prepare to be spoiled or see you next week, where we will be talking about other episodes of Voyager. All right, so you think tr- you think trailers and, and press releases aren't spoiling? I mean, I think they make bad choices of things to put in trailers and press releases. But, I mean, true. But yeah, technically speaking, if it's in one of those things... It's public knowledge. Yeah. Again, I don't know, I know a lot of people who specifically don't watch trailers because there's lots of spoilers in trailers. That's fair. They do a, they do not pick the right things to put in trailers. Anyway, well, getting, yeah, getting back. Yeah, that's neither here nor there. So y'all remember that last week we started talking about parents in Star Trek and how shitty so many of them are. So Real many. bad. Real bad, guys. So last week we did everything from the classic Treks, and this week we're going to finish it off with all of the newer Treks. I think it's going to be a slightly shorter list, thank God. Much. So right off the bat, Caitlin's least favorite slash favorite scene in Trek. Oh, that scene. George, George Kirk and the Kelvin. Oh, the kid, the George, Kirk, Captain Kirk's birth. Yeah. Oh, dude, I cried so much. Yeah. Yeah. Not a movie we were expecting to open with an emotional gut punch, kind of like Up, which came out in the same year. Mm. Shit. So, yeah, I mean, I guess George Kirk is all right, but he dies moments after the birth of his son yeah but he does die so his son will live saving his son i guess so, that's so really that's the crew. that's the the best case of all because now you don't have to raise the thing yeah. and yeah. you're still considered a great parent well spock did confirm that prime universe george kirk survived and was very proud of jim yeah then we but then we have on to contrast that we have kirk's stepdad greg gunberg who, who, Right, who we don't act, do we actually see ever on screen, or is it just his voice? No, it's on just the, his voice on the on the radio. Yeah, evidently not a fan of Jim. Be, uh, being fair st- to who him, who steals his car? I was say we we don't know because admittedly the all we hear him is him yelling at a ten year old who's stolen an automobile. So yeah, that's maybe a great he's dad. Normally a nice guy. Yeah, uh, maybe he's, maybe Jim is just a shit son. He could yeah. be. He could be. This version of Kirk is very annoying. I but do hate Kirk's, him a lot. <laughs> But Kirk's surrogate dad, Captain Pike, mm. in that movie. <laughs> good point. God damn it. Good point. Quite good. Yep. Yep. God, if we listened to all the surrogate dads, we'd be... That's not a, yeah, sur- right. that's not a surrogate dad. 
Well, that's yeah. a fa- that's a mentor, father, a fa- mentor, father, father figure. figure. Yeah, yes. that's not a thing. Yeah, we don't get to see his mother very much, so who knows? Mm. Yeah, uh, we, we've already talked about these characters, but Kelvin, Amanda, Winona Ryder. Sarek, yeah, this version of Sarek is forced to reconcile with Spock much faster under much worse circumstances. Yeah, does I can't remember. Does Amanda die? Bites it on Vulcan. Oh, that's on, right. Because I remember on Vulcan. they were trying. They were trying to beam her out, and then they didn't work. Yeah. Now Chekhov. <laughs> Chekhov got this. Got this. Got this. Don't got this. Yeah. I believe okay, this is line. Right. Yeah. He beams out everyone but her. Yeah. She's the one sole Vulcan casualty. Like, wow. Oh no. There's got- also the guy that was squished by the big uh, statue. I don't yeah. remember a fucking thing about this movie. Yeah. They were like, oh man, we got Winona Ryder for Star Trek for five minutes. Not even. Well, they couldn't well, afford is... ten minutes, or they wouldn't have killed her. Well, no, this wasn't. Be- this was kind of before Stranger Things really put her back yeah, on the she, map. She was. She was kind of. This was still like post shoplifting yeah, scandal. Yeah, I was going to say Klepto Winona Ryder. Thing, this was. This was right before Thor, Chris Hemsworth, and before career revival. Um, Winona, Winona Ryder. Ryder. Stranger Things. Yeah. Speaking of some strange things, we also have some strange worlds because we see more Sarek and Amanda. Well, really more in Discovery, I think we see them, but I think they're yeah. also in Discovery and Strange New Worlds at moment are, are the same show for a little bit. I, have they been in Strange New Worlds? Actually, you maybe right. Maybe, maybe yeah, not. I don't think we've seen but, them. Yeah, they're they're just in so. Discovery so try, far. I'm trying to, but to segue might. it to Discovery. But yes. it's, the same, it's the same continuity, so yeah, yeah, yeah. it counts. Yeah, so I think we see lots more Sarek in Discovery, and we see him as a parent now to Michael, which... He's so better, bad at this. Better than parenting Spock or worse than parenting Spock? I mean, they at least still talk to each other. Well, I think that's because she she went she went the, to the Vulcan Academy. Yeah, she well, was the she was she was the son he 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 wanted in Spock. Well, remember though, the whole thing with her and him is they were like, "Look, Sarek, we're only letting one of your kids do Vulcan Starfleet or whatever," and he was like, "Well, it child probably should be Spock." So, um. Hey Michael, go join Starfleet. She's like, I don't, I don't fucking want to join Starfleet. He's like, come on. And then I don't remember that, this scene. Are you making this up? No, no, hand to God. No, okay. that, that was that was the plot. And it, so then, of course, later it was even worse when Spock is like, I want to be in Starfleet. And he's like, what? God, what? Fucking shit. I. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, things just don't work out for him. And he fails at at supporting any of his children, especially the cult leader. <laughs> Seriously. But what but, about? Thank what goodness about for Mike- Amanda. Yeah, right. What about Michael's real mom, oh, the Red Angel? The time Spoiler traveler, Vashtanarada, or whatever it is she ends up becoming. What, what's that goddamn group called? Oh, the Zat Vash? Yeah, that no. sounds right. Is that right? Zat Vash, yeah. Zat Vash. Zat Vash. Either way, that? Elnor's fucking cult. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. She ends sure. up as one of them. Oh, yeah, I forgot that about Elnor. Um... Yeah, I don't know. We don't. I don't yeah, I, mm, uh, I feel like we don't see enough of her to really, or at least her yeah, as a parent. I mean, yes. Well, I mean, the fact that it sounds like I can't remember the circumstances of why they're why she is not parenting Michael Burnham and why like why uh, she, Michael Burnham went with Sarek in the first place because the Klingons attacked to try to get the time travel suit her parents had invented. Oh, right. And they killed the father, so she took the suit to the future to keep it away from the Klingons, but then couldn't get back. Right. And that was why she kept kind of 
popping up at random. It was like she kept getting rubber banded back to the 32nd century. But the decimated one that, you know, so she gave up a lot of her life to save the future. So that was good of her. When oh, she that is, makes her a good parent. Yeah, when she is this Jot Vosh thing, and I remember there was the, the whole episode where it was a, like a, oh, Michael, you have to prove something or other to the Vulcan council something yeah, or other. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Which, is it Jot Vosh? Because that's Romulan. Yeah, yeah. yeah because because the ro- cause they're Nivek. Yeah, oh, because the, the they, they reunified. Okay. Yeah. God, all oh, this show is way too fucking complicated. There's a lot of shit. Um, and she's, you know, you have to prove it, and and we've chosen as the person representing the the Vulcan nuns, your mommy, and mommy's just kind of not at all mothery. Well, that's the thing, it's like, she wasn't, like, they really didn't know each other, you know? Michael had been, like, a kid, and then she was gone, and now they're both adults and don't have a relationship, so it's, they're trying to build one, I guess. They weren't, though. The mom didn't care, I don't think. Well, who knows? But well, yeah, because she because she had like adopted Vulcan culture. Yeah. So now hard. she's worse than Sarek, son of yeah. a bitch. That thing, it's just really hard to judge. She really wasn't there to raise her daughter. Um, unlike, say, Worf, who wasn't there to raise his son by choice. She wasn't there to raise her daughter because of the greater good. I don't know. I, when, when we finally get to these episodes in our podcast coverage, I'm going to be so fucking lost. Yeah, it, that thing is, I haven't rewatched any of Discovery yet, so it's all still a little hazy. Yeah, I'm hoping. I'm hoping uh, on second watch, I'll I'll understand it better. But yeah, there's a lot of confusing shit. I don't pay attention Discovery. to the plot. I just pay attention to Saru. <laughs> yeah, you just watch the sparkly, sparkly stuff and the constant firewall. Oh God, those stupid tubes! I love and the hate them. In farting, equal the farting firewalls. They 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 feel like an effect from Mystery Science Theater. What else do we have from Discovery? Um, we talking about parents? Yes, parents. that is that uh, is the theme of the week. So oh, we never... I would say uh, the chosen family of Adira with uh, Stamets and, and Stamets. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're a fun little unit. Yeah, I'll probably say this again when we do get to Discovery in our watch. But who decided? Adira needed parents because they seemed to already be pretty independent before Discovery was there. Like they were already in whatever their Starfleet thing was. Well, yeah, but was. weren't they only like sixteen though? They're young. Yeah, but they but they also have the the combined experiences of hundreds of years of trill going on yeah but you know they're probably still processing all that yeah fair i i think it was you know it, no, was, the old, anyone... it was the it was the older queers taking care of the young queers I, or the elder queers i should say that's what i think of it as it's yeah i think it's not no one sort of forced them to attach themselves to stamets or vice versa it just kind of okay happened. it was kind of a natural thing because there was a moment and maybe it's because i find stamets to be very obnoxious oh i love uh, stamets he's like uh, my favorite character very obnoxious <laughs> i hate um, him in the i don't like him at first like in the first he season. grows on you yeah i love him like fungus he grows ah. on you. <laughs> and i just i oh maybe i felt that it was him imposing and i didn't care for it I, so yeah, maybe I on rewatch rem- it will be it will feel yeah. better that's thing, I don't remember if he did. I don't think he did, but who knows. It's also possible it's something that, like, Calder was like, we should befriend them for reasons, because I'm walking empathy. 
He is. Yeah, Colbert, Colbert is the sweetest person. Colbert so, is that the I goddess of empathy. <laughs> if, it were, yeah, if it were Colbert saying, like, I'd like to take this this little young trail thing out of, under our wings because they're struggling, that's that's one thing. And st- if, if it were, like, more like Stamet saying, like, you need a father of it, you need a parent role, then, that would, yeah, no, then, then I say fuck it. Yeah, no, it definitely doesn't feel like something Stamets would do without someone compelling him, so... We don't ever see her, but we get a lot of, or at least a couple of accounts of Tilly's mother, who sounds like the worst. Yeah, she sounds awful. Mm. Like, you know how your parents are never supposed to tell you who the favorite is? Tilly's mother has definitely told her her sister is the favorite. (laughs) Hmm. Like, we all know our parents have a favorite, but they're not supposed to say it. I'm the favorite, and I know it, and it's weird. (laughs) Um, Although it might be changing now, because I live much further away, and my brother mm. visits my parents all the time. One thing that was hysterical, even though, as far as I can tell, he is also a monster, but Elon Musk's father literally said in an interview that Elon wasn't his favorite, and that made me so happy. That's hilarious. That's pretty good. Speaking of people being the favorites, so we got also Voke and Laurel have some kind of whelpling that's going to grow up and be something or other in the Klingon Empire or some shit. Well, you know, he winds up as uh, a a monk in the Time Crystal Palace. Mm -hmm. And because of time crystal shenanigans, he's already an adult. So they they don't really get to raise him. They give him to the time monks and he becomes an adult. It's the best way to go in Klingon culture, I think. Yeah. Best parents yet. (laughs) Time monks. (laughs) Because, yeah, Uh, I think he's actually the one that gives Pike his crystal. mm Mm-hmm. Because he's... Yeah, I think you're right. Because he's like, because Volk was albino, and I think, is Tenevik an albino too? He might be, Or a be, weird, actually. kind of like a bluish Klingon. I remember him being different. Yeah, he might have been, actually. But yeah, also you have, well, like... Well, was blue, too. Yeah, there's, Isn't like, she? blue and purple Klingons in Discovery as well, so... Their skin tones run a wider gamut. I want a polka dot one. Ooh. Yes. What about the, uh, the Kelpian child? Kelpian from- child. The the one from the burn, the one that caused the burn. Oh, because his mommy saved him. Yeah, yeah Sukal's mom. Yeah, had to set up that whole hollow world for him because she knew she was dying. Yeah, I would say she was a good mom in that regard. I mean, she I mean, didn't the, know that eventually the hollow program would start breaking the fuck down. And that he was yeah. going to somehow psychically link with all the dilithium in space and explode Whoopsie. it. Which is weird. I mean, who could have possibly foreseen that? No one with any sense. Discovery writers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I like the show, and I still know that that was insane. <laughs> Perfect. Like, what the fuck is this? This is idiotic. Um, okay, I've got uh, a... Oh, go ahead, Doesn't Ad- Admiral Vance have children, or is it yes. just people that call him daddy? <laughs> I love it, Jake. That's great. That's perfect. But yes, he mentions having daughters. I think we even see them briefly at the end of one of the seasons or something. He doesn't get to see them much because, you know, dilithium is rare and people are puttering around at like warp four. Not a Discovery episode, but in the short treks that is Discovery adjacent, adjacent, but not really. But I don't even fucking know. We have, I think it's pronounced F-A-M? But I'm not sure because it's a tardigrade and she's oh, great. She is yeah. the best mom to her tardigrade babies. That's where fame and Dot or something was the short. Yeah, Dot is the uh, robot thing. Robot, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot she had kids. Yeah, they're all these little little baby tardigrades that she saves from the Enterprise exploding. <laughs> yes, good, good, good catch. And I think there was also in one of the other short treks, I think it was Children of Mars, 
we got to see one of the one of the little misfit girls' parent being nice to them, but I think that's just a quick, very quick moment. Yeah, and I think he, then I think he's exploded on Mars. Oh no! <laughs> like I'm pretty sure he's on Mars during Shit. the uprising. <laughs> Don't go to Mars. Uh, I have not seen Lower Decks, but I know there's some parental dynamics there. Oh, for sure. Big, big parental moments because, you know, it's, you you know from the get-go in that show that uh, Carol Freeman is Mariner's mom. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the ship doesn't know at first uh, that it's all fucking nepotism. <sighs> Fucking Nepo babies. But also, like, there's there's kind of also no good raising Mariner because everything she does is a statement for mommy. Mm. Yeah, well, she yeah, because like she's she's portrayed as being this misfit outcast type who just gets fired from every position, and like I I get the sense that the idea is this is her last chance, mm. and just to help her not fuck it up, they're putting her on the ship. Where she'll hopefully behave better. But will actually behave worse. Yes. Until she makes be- the bestest friends. Yeah. And yeah, and I don't know if we see a lot of good parent moments in Lower Decks other than that. Or if we do, I didn't write them down. Okay, yeah. That, uh, Lower Decks is completely on you two for this one. Cause... Yeah, I can't think of much else from that show. But then we well, get to, to Picard. Oh, yes, let's do well, that. Sorry, what were you going to say? Prodigy. Oh, Prodigy. Yeah, let's go Prodigy first, because that'll be quicker. Because we don't really see, you know, all the all the orphans or, you know, they're like, they're either orphans or genetic experiments. Oh, they really all are, aren't they? Or they're Quinn. Or, huh? Or they're, or they're what's Gwen. What's her name? I said, or they're Quinn. Gwen. Well, even Gwen, Gwen is Gwen, like... thank you. Gwen even is a clone of her father, technically, not even... She's the progeny. An, a natural child, so... Yeah, but she is definitely being raised by oh, yes. the Diviner uh, as as her father. Like, yeah, she... He, that is that is the role that they have for each other, and it is fucked up. Yeah, no, he's the Wicked worst. Wicked fucked up. John Noble, typecast as bad dad. Yeah. Is it... I guess, I guess, uh... Dolls... Parents would, father technically would be. Oh no, Sung. I guess he. Oh god. Oh no. (laughs) The Sungs. They're just. He's just another. He's. Hey, he's the first Sung who doesn't look like Brent Spiner. So that's that's a credit. There we go. Oh my god. (laughs) Jesus. They're seriously the Sungs are the worst villains in the Star Trek universe. They have caused so much. Fucking bullshit. Mm. But I would I would posit if we're talking about, you know, since you brought up Pike earlier, hollow Janeway as a mother figure to the crew. Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, she definitely. Oh, did. that Pike. I'm thinking, when did we bring up Pike? But the when, other when Pike. Kelvin father, Pike. Yeah. Father Sorry. Kelvin yeah. Pike. Yeah. I, God, I, I'm confusing. not counting mentors. Mentors aren't yeah. parents. Fair enough. But she's a damn fine mentor. Honorable uh, mention. Yes. Yes. I mean, for that, yeah, for that matter, you also have Dahl's Ferengi. Oh, yeah, she was terrible. Oh, that's a good point. Uh, parental figure. How did this white cat get here? <laughs> he's, oh, he's, he's just here now. He's making noises in the microphone. Oh, though. shit. Okay, we'll remove the white cat. Oh, he's so cute, though. Off you go, buddy. But yeah, no, he's uh, really run the gamut from terrible mentor to much, much better mentor. Yeah. But yes, Pickard. Yeah, there's way too much in Picard. In Picard. 
Uh, let's start off by saying Raffi is a terrible mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like, God. everything she does is just like, oh, Raffi, just please stop. Just give yeah. it up. Just no, let your just let your kid go do his own thing and get and be done with it. It's not yeah, happening. There is, there is no repairing any of your interpersonal relationships. Make some new ones. The ones that you've already ruined are ruined. Just, just have another kid and try again. J- don't do that. You'll fuck that one up too. Okay, pet rock. You never know. It might secretly be sentient. Damn it. Trek. <laughs> Sims family. No, no, they'll also get sentient. <laughs> we have, I mean, I don't know how we even classify the Soji and oh, the s- other More songs. <laughs> the many, many song bots. Songs all the way down. <laughs> uh, best parent in the, all the seasons of Picard are Rios to his holograms. That is not a father relationship. Mm. I know. I just wanted well, to bring up well, the Rios only. Well, Rios does in in season two. He's got that. Uh, yeah, his I, new, I thought his you were going to mention his new stepson. Dumbest huh? man in space. Yeah. Dumbest man in space. Oh. Okay. So speaking of the stepson Ricardo, would we say that his mom Teresa or Teresa, good mom? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate her kid, but she's good at what she does. Uh, sets a fine example, does good work, does her best by him. Yeah, no, yeah. nothing against her. I think he's floating around the hospital too much for a child, but... Yeah, that's probably a weird, weird mm. environment. A little bit. But you also wonder maybe it's... hospital that regularly gets, gets raided by... Eight, uh, by uh, Ice. Immigration, Ice. Yeah. yeah. Did we have anyone else in season one? Uh, season yes, one? Troy and Riker. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Troy and Riker and Seska's... Kestra. Yeah, I don't know. They seem to be raising their kid in a fucking cabin in an isolated world. I don't know what to think of that. I mean, Kester seems cool. Feeding her nothing but pizza. Bad Mm, pizza. That's the life. (laughs) Better better than omelets in that household. (laughs) True, true. I was just thinking that. I don't know, because yeah, I, I guess Kestra seems cool, and I think just, like, the loss that they seem to feel at Thaddeus's loss mm. is palpable and yeah. says a lot about their characters and that that was yeah. a very defining moment for them. They rewrite it a bit in season three, but what are you going to do? Mm. Mm. Well, I, mm, yeah, well, I mean, season three is pretending season two didn't even happen, it seems. So. For the best. Yeah, that's true. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> they should you see they should have so pretended it didn't happen that Rios is just back with the Yay! explanation. That would yeah. be great. It's like didn't you die in the past? <laughs> Agnes is about? here. Yeah, yeah. None of that happened. Ugh. And of course the French English elephant in the room. Oh god. Which one? <laughs> Papa and Mama Picard. Oh, those ones, yes. Uh I mm, uh, mm. Gaius Baltar Picard. <laughs> Yeah, because I think throughout TNG, there were like little glimpse that daddy wasn't a good daddy. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I sorry, just to clarify, I thought we were talking about Bev and Jean-Luc. But yes, I forgot that we saw Gaius Baltar Picard and Mama in season two. Ah, that's what I thought you literally. That's what I thought you literally said. So Mm. no, I said the French English elephant in the room, meaning Jean-Luc. Oh, Yes. No. Well, we'll get to. I mean, this yes, we'll get to them. Him. Yeah, I forgot about. Yeah. Season well, two. That's entirely. why I asked which one because it's the French English elephant in the room. I thought mm. you were talking about Jack. 
Because I guess he technically also would be a French-English elephant. That's what I thought, too, especially since his accent comes from seemingly nowhere. He decided he, raised, he had an accent one day. He was raised day. in England or something. Uh, 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 but yes, the, the, the Picards. Yeah, so we have... Maurice. Maurice, who we have seen in oh, TNG sorry. in Picard's death vision with Q, where he's just yelling at Picard... I forgot about that. Oh wow, yeah, I forgot about that too. But this is, but we see more of him here, and he's a lot, lot better looking. He's a, he's a much uh, sharper <laughs> he's a man, attractive man. But he's evidently looks a little like a Bashir. I could mention <laughs> <laughs> some kind of massive asshole who drives his wife to suicide. But maybe that's a different. There's a different reason for that. But like, it's just it's so unclear because so much of it is via the memories of a child. Yeah, right. That, like. Like, so wait, was he awful or just. Or, in, the or were there just instances or is yeah. Picard just blaming him because they never got help for his mother? And well, I think I feel like and I, I'm probably misremembering this, but I feel like Picard blamed his father for many years for his mother's death. Yes. Yeah, and then it turned out that it wasn't quite that simple. Yeah. Like it just seemed like she had mental health issues. And like, again, I did he prevent her from getting help or was the help just not helping? Did, did, like, See, it, I'm going to say that the killers of, of Yvette Picard are the fucking writers because she was mm. never dead before this. And they just decided that they mm, yes. all characters need a dead parent in their past to provide them with some kind of character development and, and shit. Yeah. And I am so goddamn done with it. It's so lazy. It's yeah, I was going to say pretty sloppy. Because we okay, you know who we didn't talk about last week? Now that I think of it. Oh, Kalar. Picard, Picard's uh, Nexus Babies. Yeah, we don't. Uh, true. Anyway, but fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. But yeah, I just it's so and I, I haven't rewatched any of that, obviously. Why I would you? We're not dreading, going to until we have to. Yeah, I am dreading rewatching season two of Picard. Oh, it's so sloppy. But yeah, I think the writing is just so unclear that it's impossible to tell what was and wasn't accurate. And if that was their point, then well done, but... Ugh. We wanted to confuse the audience, you see. <laughs> yes. It's, it's So it's really hard to say whether or not his dad was a good dad. You know, his mother was, was obviously deeply unwell. Mm -hmm. So it's you can't say anything either way, good or bad, I think. She was I'm going to say... All of it is a an implanted memory in Jean-Luc and none of this happened because that's I the only that. way that, that is... I can make sense of the entire season two of Picard. Yeah. Is he watched like a movie or something and mistook it for his past. Yeah. Because he's a senile old man. Oh, I'm sorry, Jean-Luc. <laughs> I love you, but. Jesus Christ, this fucking season. There is another parent clump in season two of Picard, and it's another absolutely terrible one. Oh, it's another goddamn song. It's another goddamn song. It's Fuck. when, oh, yeah. when in doubt, it's another fucking song. Uh, and this one has been just making babies out of yes. stuff. Terrible uh, father. And he makes Corey as one of like the last one in a string of babies he's attempted to make. And Corey is just screwed up as fuck yeah she's never left the house before she only knows him and it's well she hasn't left the house because the sun will cause her to burst into flames like a vampire <laughs> yeah vampire androids. she was like super allergic to the sun or something 
Yes. Yeah, there oh, was some yeah. nonsense. I mean, honestly, that whole plot <laughs> felt feels like it was just there because like, okay, we have to pay these actors. We need Spiner and we need Briones in the show. And... It's like, yeah, it seriously was like they signed her up for two seasons without knowing what they were going to do with her in season two. Yeah. So we need to jam this stupid plot in there. Ugh. Yep. God. Fucking songs. <laughs> Ugh. So yeah, I guess... <laughs> Season three, more yep. songs. Songs all the way down. Too many songs. Yeah. Well, so now we have a new song who is evidently the amalgamation of data, data lore, lore lol. Before I don't think lol because they haven't they said specific- they haven't said lol. Oh, okay. All right. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear my? Do you want to hear my uh, my my theory yes, briefly? Always. You know. So right now, as this airs. Or as we re-record, I should say, we're episode seven of Picard has just aired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they've established now that B4 and the Eric Soong or some Soong? One of them. The, one of the Soongs. Season one in there. Soong. Season one Soong is in there. But they're kind of just, they're not active consciousnesses. They're just like memories. Yeah. But Data and Lore, Data Lore, are the two... Active personalities that have that are conscious and they're both fighting for dominance and it seems un unreconcilable here's my here's my tinfoil hat here's Give my darth, maul, my darth maul prediction yes it's darth maul i love it a there's there's total balance between data and lore and neither one can assert balance until a third as yet undetected personality emerges and tips the scales it's Joe Piscopo's comedian. Ah! It's the comedian. No. Uh, and it's lol. <laughs> and it's it's lol has lol has emerged. Oh my god. And, I hope you're now, calling it now. And now we have I mean, three we you know we have t- lol and data on the side of good and lore is no match for the power of love. I mean, that's entirely because again, even though like she hasn't shown herself, they did mention in fucking hologram sung's little letter he did mention lol by name okay yeah but i think she's just kind of there by default because data like saved her memories into his so yeah but yes that could be what happens i mean considering it's a show of of member berries uh yeah exactly (laughs) the wankiest picard yet uh, uh, mm. did you see the defiant yeah that made me happy of course it did. No, uh, honestly, right. I was more excited to see it in Prodigy, though, so. Oh, yeah, we did see it in Prodigy. And I remember saying, thinking the same thing at the time. Uh, all right, we can get to your, fi- your to your big elephant in the room, uh, finally, Chris. Sorry to make you wait. No, that's okay. I, Bev. Just... What the fuck, Bev? <laughs> Bev entered her rebellious phase a little late, and I'm here for mm. it. So do we think, okay, here's here's my first thought on this. We established in Deep Space Nine times... That at least the pappy, if not both pa- both consenting people fucking, are on some kind of a birth control. And that the reason Cassidy got knocked up was because Benjamin forgot his one day. Yeah, he forgot his injection. So what do we think is happening with Bev and Picard? Do we think Bev just has been off it for so, so long that she assumed she'd hit menopause? Or because it's the future, is menopause like way, way later now because people are aging longer and or people are living longer and thus the aging gets pushed back or what? Was Jack was, raised in a fake uterus for here's fun? The, here's the thing. 
they're clearly setting some weird bullshit up. Are they? Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me what you... Lay me your Darth Maul projections now. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm sure it's going to be dumber than Kelpian exploded... Oh, no. ...dilithium with his mind. Sarah Sisko is the mom. I'm calling it now. (laughs) No, you know what it is? No, it's not going to be... Oh, my God, don't be this. (laughs) I mean, it could be... Jack... Jack is the goddamned fucking... Pa Wraith version. I was just of gonna say the Pa Wraith because yeah, I, I've been saying that since episode one. He's got the red eyes. Yeah, ever since they showed the red eyes, I'm like, oh, he's gonna be a Pa Wraith, ain't he? The Coast Emojin, he's back. Probably but he's, we'll see. Because because as of like you said, Jake, we just we just saw episode seven and fucking. By the time this airs, it'll be it'll have been revealed, and we'll yeah. see if we're right or wrong, and yeah. you'll cut all of this. <laughs> no, I'm keeping it in. Yeah, yeah either way, just so either you can see how, right or wrong. Yeah. Because it'll be funny either way. But Frau Farbiston is like, let us show you who you really are. And it's just like, oh my god. So clearly there's something weird about his birth. They weren't worrying about it because they shouldn't have had to. No, so here's, here's what I'm going to say. Do it. He's Darth Maul. He's got the red eyes. Okay. I think it, he had yellow eyes. I, think, I, I, still think, I still think the Coast Emojin is possible, but... Um, I not. I'm going to say, because they're going to have to tie it into why they, why they want Picard's body. Because that's the other thing we yeah. know, is that they stole Picard's body. So obviously they wanted both of them. But they don't want Jean-Luc Picard, Robo-Picard. Yeah, they need his... They need real Picard. And I'm going to say it's because there is some genetic trait that is in the Picard bloodline that perhaps Picard's mother also had, which explains, which will they'll use to, like explain her mental illness or something because and that may don't, don't that, acknowledge season two what the fuck no, but they're gonna but they're gonna do this they're because they're gonna be like okay we, we've now hinted that picard didn't actually have eromotic syndrome it's yeah yeah they said it's actually yeah and some other thing so that what that thing is is also some kind of magic space shit that mama picard had she was also and, sarah cisco then yep and that, that yes and that this is why the Borg want Picard. This is why everybody wants Picard. This is why the Vatic wants Picard. Jake, he's the last known descendant of the Iconians. Yay! Yeah, it could be. Maybe he. Maybe we, something happened when he went through the Iconian gateway and he's got Iconian powers now. And now Jack has those powers Yikes. as well. Worf went through the Iconian gateway. Yeah, but nobody wants that. Uh, I also, uh, I was right. Darth Maul does have red eyes, so he is a Darth Maul. Oh, I thought there he you know. go. Anyway, we don't get to see much. Let's be honest, Picard would have been a terrible father. Bev made yeah. the right call. I mean, do, do you think, because we'll, again, this will be a big future discussion one day. Keeping him from knowing, though. Yeah, that's a little shitty. Keeping who from knowing? Picard, Picard. or Picard? Oh, yeah. Crusher. Picard or Picard? Oh, God. Well, no, <laughs> Song, one of the by, songs. He goes by Crusher. Oh, yeah, keeping Picard from knowing was, 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 was a shitty thing to do. But better for Jack. Yeah. But she told Jack. Well, yeah. better for Jack that Picard wasn't in his life. Oh. Yeah, like Jack got to decide, will I go look for him and make him part of my life? And he went and decided, never mind. So in that um, case, better or worse than Carol Marcus and David. <laughs> because she she told Jim and just told Jim, just don't bother, stay away, please. Yeah. Don't, don't stay, stay out of our lives. But you do that have was, a son. Yeah, yeah. I think better to give him the option, because, again, I, I think if Kirk had really cared, he would have been like, oh, come on. But Kirk 
probably also knew he'd have been a terrible father. So. Mm-hmm. Picard, the thing is, would have tried to be a father and he would have sucked. He would have sucked. And Jack would have gotten himself killed somehow trying to impress him. Hmm. All right. One more parrot we see in the, the latest season of Picard is Jordy, who seems to be batting one for two. I didn't need that whole, like, batting one for two plot. Like, why? What's what's the point? They just want all the parents to have some kind of issue. Yeah. Like, it just seemed to exist just so there could be a bit of unnecessary extra drama. Yeah, I don't think there's a single normal parental relationship. No. In most of Star Trek, so. No, I, I think the best, the, the healthiest one we've seen in Picard season three is Bev and Jack. <laughs> and she's turned her kid into a criminal doctor. Which is fun. <laughs> what a strange multi-class he has chosen. Yeah, but LaForge to Alondra seems like a fine dad. He seems fine. And I wonder yeah. if it's because this is the one who's following more in my footsteps uh, and is the easier one to parent. Therefore, she's the f- clear favorite. <laughs> I think it's even, I think you've nailed it. It's really even less the she's an engineer thing and more the she is... She behaves. She is less effort. <laughs> she obeys. Yeah. <laughs> she's the obedient daughter, so she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, he seems fine. I swear he to God, if his wife. Them. Yeah. If his wife is Leah Brahms, I'm going to flip a fucking table. Oh, I think I the whole be. internet will. She's a hologram, damn it. <laughs> half yeah, exactly. the internet wants her to be, I think. The other no. half is sense. I haven't looked, what but I assume. What the fuck, internet? Again, There's plenty of not... people that don't understand why that relationship was hugely Bad. inappropriate on yeah. Jordy's part. Yeah, no, That's upsetting. I've... Yeah, again, I haven't seen this, but I'm assuming because nerds are often bad at understanding misogyny. I know. So um, far, the only people I've seen who've brought it up are saying, oh, God, please, no. Good, Just continue good. letting it be unnamed uterus. That's yeah. all we need is an unnamed uterus. If you no, have here, to name her, don't be Leah, please. Yeah, here's what it's going to be. It's oh, going to no. be um it's going to be Admiral Benteen. Oh gosh, her. <laughs> the other person that Leah Brahms's actor played. Yes. Uh, I'll allow that. That's fine. No, you know what it's going to be? He's finally going to have gotten back together with Coco Loco woman. Christy? Moco. Uh. Christy, yeah, whatever her name was, sure. I think it was Christy. That sounds right. It does sound right. I don't know. He was kind of shitty to her, too, though. Yeah, but maybe as he got older and wiser, they got back together and she's like, oh, you're not an idiot now. Okay. And he was like, no, I am, just in new and exciting ways. Here's the thing. It's just because, as you said, Jake, I I love, by the way, the term member berries. Because everything this season has been a member berry, it can't just be a new person. Oh, no. Please, Benteen. Please, Benteen. Pulaski. Um, oh, God. No. Ooh. I'm into um, it. <laughs> no, she's, 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 she's only her and Worf. Yeah, no, that's true. Oh, my God, that's, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's going to turn out to be Worf's, Worf's wife, when, you know, Worf remarried. Okay, that is the one dumb bit of fan service I would take. During the big final battle, she charges in with a bat left beside him to kick some ass. Oh, I love it. Diana Maldar, I think, is still kicking. She is. She was in one of those um, documentaries we watched recently. Let's see. Uh, No, it's going to be Sonia... Please, Gomez. Gomez. Good God, no. This this is why we don't co- cover the shows as they come out because we, it just turns into us gab like making dumb predictions and terrible ideas. It's so fun, uh, but we do have. That's actually a good reason for us to do it, though. True, but not in the same episode where we're covering Voyager. True. 
Uh, because no, I know it's going to be. Damn it. Damn it. I keep trying to move us on and we can't. It was stuck in it was stuck in season three Picard. Keiko LaForge. No. Uh. <laughs> don't you dare. Why Keiko? I don't know. Because she's left Miles, obviously. Because no. yes, she's... She's finally left that that load oh, Miles. I prefer that to think potato. that Miles that Miles left her. Yeah, no, that's probably more likely. Look, hmm. I like them by the end of DS9. I mean, I did too, but I yeah. still don't want Keiko to be the one that left him. That's all. I don't want them to have left each other at all. <laughs> Maybe one of them died. Finally, Aww. one of the Miles deaths caught up to him. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Miles is going to end up being the hero who saves the season. Oh, my God. Season. Maybe that's going to be the new Star Trek show. Star Trek O'Brien. <laughs> I would People watch would love the that. fuck out it's of just, that forever. It's just, it's just Mr. Bean said in the 25th century. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they can always option my uh, my fanfic. Yeah, I Get like Garrett it. Wong and... Uh, Miles together and that'd be a good show. Damn, popping universes with with <laughs> adult Molly. Yeah, be a good damn show. Uh, all right, I'm gonna move us on to our one, the one yes. final parent I have on my list, and that is jumping to Strange New Worlds uh, with Doctor M- Doctor Mbega. Oh yeah, yeah, he's got a a girl in the transporter. Um, seems seems a little weird to me. I mean, well, he's he trying just, to save her from a horrible disease that's going to kill her. So. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got, I know, but still, damn. Well, he's, he's got her in stasis, but he can't just put her in a tube because people would notice. So it's got to be transporter I, stasis. I thought, it ha- I thought it had to be specifically transporter stasis. Oh, was it? I, I honestly I think don't remember. So, yeah. Um. Yeah. Because no, she. Because like that's one where you're you're like literally frozen in time. True. True. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. I just feel like we didn't see enough of it. Like I think I said that, and we kind of did our season one Stranger Worlds 10 forward. It was just like, they didn't give me enough time to get invested in the plot before they dropped it. Well, yeah. They didn't drop it. They, they conc- well, concluded or, it. But, yeah. But like, it still kind of felt, I don't know, like even though it was a conclusion, it still felt like they dropped it. It was weird. I don't know. Mm. He certainly means well. Yeah. He certainly, yeah, he certainly loves her. Like any of the yeah. scenes with him reading to her from the book is very cute. Mm-hmm. Like, I really like them together. And you can see how much it is, like, crushing him that he can't cure her illness. Yeah. Yeah. So he seems fine. I don't know if we ever... Do we ever see the actual parent of the child that has to be executed? Oh, yeah, we do. On the on the planet that executes a child every now and again? Yeah, because that was the parent. The parent was actually trying to save him at some point, right? Oh, that was actually his dad? I thought it was. I can't remember. Let's go with Yes. I mean, I still think we should. It's worth mentioning that what an awful planet. Oh, terrible planet. Uh, and again, yes, either his father or his legal guardian, he was trying to save him from that terrible, terrible fate. So good for him. Yeah, it's also tricky because, you know, like he had originally agreed to it for the longest time until it finally sneaks up on you like, oh, it's happening tomorrow. Shit. Mm, good but point. it's one of those planets that this is the norm. This yeah. is expected. Like he like the father lived with it up to that date just like yes this is what parenting my child is it is making sure he lives long enough to become a horrible tortured thing worse planet than the half-a-life planet mm. yeah Kralon? at least there they, yeah. they let you get older yeah yeah but i guess you know for that matter this planet it's only one child so yikes all the other children are having a great time well it's one every however many years how often though like ten thousand years or something no it seems pretty frequent 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think it was that infrequent. Yeah. Yeah, they get burnt out pretty quick. Ditto. That's just from life, though. <laughs> True. All right. Well, I think I've exhausted my list of parrots from all of the new treks. Happy Mother's Day. I don't actually know if this is going up on Mother's Day, but it'd be funny. If we, oh, no, it, well, definitely not. Because <laughs> it's no. April right now. <laughs> yeah, but we. Yeah, no, you're probably right. Oh, well. Oh, well. So happy Mother's Day in advance. <laughs> Your card is in the mail. Anyway, we have more cards in the mail for next week, because next week we're doing more Voyager stuff, like we do. Ooh. Yay. In the mail, we have episodes <laughs> Muse and Fury. So that should be a fun week. Join us for that as we'll talk about those. We'll have more blogtivities next week. This mm. one that we just talked about just now and our other parenting blogtivity and tons and tons of other blogtivities are up on our Tumblr. You can get there by going to sshbpodcast.com or just searching Tumblr, do the whole Tumble thing. Yeah, they, 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 they've let softcore porn back, so, you know. Woo! I won't yeah. be releasing that. Dirty Someone things. else can. What else do we do? We do SoundCloud, where we have more of the podcast up. I know we've covered... Where they're, letting, where they're bringing back softcore porn again. Yay! Yeah. But it's only audio. <laughs> Weird. Right. It's just a lot of slapping sounds. <laughs> <sighs> where, where was I going with any of this? Uh, I'm sorry. Cards We're in on the mail. SoundCloud. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, on SoundCloud. So yeah, in the past, we did cover the first season of Strange New World. World the first season of... Prodigy, the first season of the other one. Discovery. Picard. Three. No, we only covered the first yeah. two episodes of Discovery because we were fools. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, wow. we were still finding our feet. Yeah, but you can check out those and find out what kind of th stuff we said before. I think we also, you know, mentioned people being terrible parents because everybody, everybody is. Especially Worf. Worf's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, so check us out there. We're on all the different podcast places where you can listen to us. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, which exist. And we'll be back next week. Until then, Ooh. this has been your Good Shepherd Ames. This has been Caitlin. Jake. And this has been your deeply middling shepherd, Chris. Oh, God, my sheep are everywhere. Sheep, They're no! everywhere. Oh, no, fuck, wolves. Oh, no. Why did I invite a wolf to my sheep party? Well,